Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is People Every Day. Coming up, Ricky Martin opens up like never before and more stories from people's big pride issue. Plus, Lance Bass recalls what it was like for him to come out after being an in-sync heartthrob and his hopes and plans for becoming a dad soon. It's June 2nd. Hi guys, this is People Every Day, and I am your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Wednesday, a big day here at People, because we have a bright and colorful new issue out and on stands. The annual Pride issue is here. Yes, it's the start of Pride Month, and this issue is filled with just an array of moving and informative stories from members of the vast LGBTQI plus community, including Ricky Martin, who graces the cover and shares more than ever before. There's just so much inside this issue, and we are going to get into it in a second. But also, I want you to stay tuned because later in the show, I catch up with former NSYNC star Lance Bass, who just revealed to people that he and his husband are expecting twins. We talk about the struggles they had getting to that point, as well as what it was like for him coming out on the cover of People way back when, and all of the boss moves he's making now with his new investment show, The Unicorn Hunters. So definitely stay tuned for that. But like I said, let's dig into people's pride issue with none other than the man who made it all come together with a little bit of help, but it's mostly him. West Coast Deputy Editor Jason Sheeler is here. Hi, Jason. Oh my gosh, it is a big day. It's like Christmas came early this year, right, Janine? I mean, there's, <laughs> there's like a lot going on, a like happy pride, happy new people issue. Congratulations on what is it, almost 100 episodes of this show. So there's a lot going on. We're today. getting there. I, We're getting there. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Congratulations. But yes, Ricky Martin is on the cover of our second annual Pride issue. And I personally could not be more stoked about this because I don't know if you know this, Janine, like six months ago, I actually wrote Ricky a letter. Mm. I had had reached out. He was my number one choice for our Pride issue. And as you know, celebrity book as how celebrity bookings go. But I wrote him this really passionate letter, kind of like a a letter, the kind of letter you'd write to like a homeowner if you wanted to buy their house, right? You know, choose (laughs) choose me, right? You know, choose me. And, um, And I really let him know what it what he means to me personally, what he would mean for um, for the people brand, but also that um, that I did, I was way, way, way in the back at um, Rockefeller Center Plaza in 1999 when he performed in the Today Show. So this is very personal to me. Oh, wow. So th- that's what I want to talk about. What was bringing all of this together like for you? You sat down with, uh, it sounds, seems like a, an idol for, th- for the cover, um, but also there's just a lot more that's inside this issue that had to be pieced together to you know make it what it is. So, so what was this whole process like for you? For me personally, when, when we sit down when we sit down for any issue of People Magazine, right, we, we want to make sure that the pages reflect 
our readership, right? And in, in its vastness and its diversity, um, and from you know everywhere from Los Angeles to New York, and especially you know I'm from Arkansas, so like it's like don't forget us there in the middle, right? <laughs> and and I think especially for the LGBTQ plus community, we want to make sure that our pride portfolio reflects you know every one of those rainbow colors, especially now that the rainbow has finally been expanded, right? In this year, more than ever, we really wanted to do that. And so we have Ricky on the cover, of course. And then we have Margaret Cho. We have Jonathan Van Ness. We have Nisi Nash and Coleman Domingo and their amazing friendship and how Coleman actually performed Nisi's wedding to Jessica Betts. And we have this really wonderful portfolio because the theme of the portfolio this year is family of choice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a notion that is central to the LGBTQ experience for sure, because we we do choose the people that we get to call family. You know, whether you were born into it or whether you chose it, our families are so important. I love that family of of choice. I, I, that's just a, a great uh, anchor, I think, for all of this. So good on you. You're so smart. I didn't coin it, but but I certainly it was important. You know, I was talking to our editor in chief, Dan Wakeford, about the portfolio this year. Yeah. Last year was coming out stories. And, and I think that many times, um, you know, you know, an LGBTQ person's coming out story, it, it doesn't have to define them for the rest of their lives. It's not the beginning nor the end of their life. Well, OK, let's talk about our cover star, singer Ricky Martin. It has been over 10 years since he came out. Uh, One of the most powerful moments I read this week um, was your question to him about a a year 2000 interview with Barbara Walters, where she asked about his sexuality on television. So first, let's listen to his response. There's a little PTSD with that situation because I felt a bit trapped. I I felt, um, I I even felt a bit violated. because I was just not ready to come out. And um, I don't think nowadays that question can even be asked. It, um, a lot of people say, what would you do differently? Well, maybe I would have come out in that interview. It would have been great because it, when I came out, it just felt amazing. But that day, I felt uh, I, was, I was very afraid. I was not ready. And I don't think you can force anyone to come out. Um, If you have an egg and you open it from the outside, only death comes out. But if the egg egg opens up from the inside, life comes out. Wow. Wow. What what was it like hearing that response in the moment? That was just such powerful imagery. Look, I have to be honest. I I, I was... I, I knew I wanted to ask about it, and I was definitely I was definitely nervous to, to ask about it. You know, I I I had heard that that was a not great moment in his life, and he certainly had addressed it in his memoir. But I really wanted to, with with perspective, you know, I wanted I wanted to go back and ask him about it, and and certainly, you know. Even in recent memory, you know, Colton Underwood came out and there's all this kind of like talk about misleading women and all that stuff. And there's also this really awful trope about LGBTQ people, you know, the, the deceptive homosexual, you know, the deceptive LGBTQ, because hiding and, and secrecy is so central to to our experience, unfortunately. And I wanted to get Ricky, you know, I wanted to hear what he thought of what he thought about all that. And then but he did open up far more than I was expecting about the Barbara Walters interview. Look, Walters later said she regretted that, you know, quote, inappropriate question. But look, if you if you go back to the interview, I remember watching it. He really was, you know, he was blindsided. He sat down. Um, he was so flattered to be part of this. You know, she used to have her specials after the Oscars or yeah. before the Oscars, rather. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. I mean, you remember, Janine, it's a huge deal. And she really pressed him and she really w- went after him. And, and he finally he finally said, look, um, she was she's like, why won't you? Why won't you put the rumors to rest? And he's he finally just kind of retreated and said, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. And and I love and and 
I love that it's encapsulated on, on the cover, just saying like he's not hiding anymore. He is, you know, just being more open than ever. And even like you mentioned about um, previous relationships. So so he also spoke to you about, um, you know, dating women, including Rebecca de Alba, whom he was in an on again, off again relationship with for seven years. So first, let's listen to what he had to say about, you know, just dating women before he really figured himself out underneath. Sexuality is one complicated thing. It's not black and white. It's filled with colors. When I was dating women, I was in love with women. Wow. And you, you just see that that theme of fluidity that we, you know, are learning more and more about as we, you know, learn more and more about the LGBTQI plus community. Um, and and I, I, you just hear, he's just so eloquent. <laughs> Like, you know, look, I mean, I mean, to be fair, he's he's been doing this for a long time. You know, he was um, in Menudo starting in 1984. And, you know, Janine, he was actually the first time he was in People magazine was in 1985 in a feature. Oh, wait for it. He was in a feature about workaholics. He was thir- <laughs> <laughs> he was 13 years old. Like that, wow. was his de- that was his debut in People magazine. Right. I mean, so he like he, he does know what he's doing. And um, but in terms of his sexuality, he. He, he was, look, he, he told me this, this one great line. He said, look, you don't have to be a gay man to know love is complicated. And, and, and that is just true. And so when he, it's like, and so I think the point is, like, you know, when he was in relationships with women, he was in relationships with women. You know, so he was figuring it out like a lot of people and like coming out is a continuum. We're all on our own timetable, our preferences in whatever we prefer in whatever we love and in, in whatever we were really into. We all know that that can change. You know, what you used to be into 20 years ago, you may not be into today. Well, let's just fast forward because he is married and a father of four, including his two young twins, right? So what did he have to say about his life and love now? One thing Ricky made really clear to me is that Joan Yosef, um, the artist to whom he is married, is is completely the love of his life, that he is a proud gay man and he's in love with his husband. And, um, and perhaps most important to him is his relationship with his four children. And that to me is really like what pride is all about. You also talked to Margaret Cho in this issue, who identifies as bisexual, and and she talked about her experience dating men and women. So let's listen to what she had to say on that. Even within the queer community, around queer people, they don't accept bisexuality as being legitimate because so many people have used bisexuality as an excuse to somehow soften the blow of coming out to people who may not accept it. As in, they're trying to give people hope that maybe one day I'll be straight which isn't necessarily what bisexuality is. It, it really is quite unfair, but unfortunately that's kind of the state of where we're at in terms of bisexual. But I also don't think there's only two genders. I think gender itself is infinite. So to me, it's erroneous to say bisexual, but I like to use it because I think it's kind of 70s and chic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for, first of all, how can you not love Margaret Cho? Because in, in one in one breath, she is so profound and mm-hmm. she's actually shifting. I can feel the tectonic plates in my brain shifting when she says gender is infinite, which is so beautiful to hear. And then she thinks it's really chic. I mean, it's like I, I just I, 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 I <laughs> 70s, 70s and chic. chic. So, so she's also uh, one of several stars, as we talked about, who have a chosen family. So just just a little more on that. It was it was Niecy Nash um, who, who just take people through just a couple of the other chosen families um, that that we break down in the issue. Oh, for sure. I, oh, my gosh, I would love to. So we have. Um, Coleman Domingo with Nisi Nash and her wife, Jessica Betts, Stephanie Beatrice with her husband, Brad, 
um, who, breaking news as of today, they are expecting. Um, oh, wow. and so, so we got to we got to announce that today, which is so exciting. We have Margaret Cho with her with her animals, with um with her dog and two um cats, albeit hairless cats. Um, we have a beautiful <laughs> portrait of them. We have Isaiah Standard, who is a 16-year-old trans male. He's an actor on Good Girls, and he um, he sat down with us with his um, with his mother and her partner, and they they talked about their their beautiful family and his and his transition. We also have the cast of We're Here, which if you've never watched We're Here on HBO, it's a wonderful show uh, with three drag queens. And let me tell you, like like the fact that it's with three drag queens is like the least interesting part of it at all <laughs> because they travel around the country, um, going to these small communities and telling really wonderful stories, and they put on a drag show at the end and. Again, it's about three drag queens, but somehow the show isn't about three drag queens. And so <laughs> if you've ever been in a room with drag queens, like all eyes are on them. But the the genius is that they managed to make the show about about the subjects, which I think is so beautiful. Wow. Well, that that is perfect, because I do want to close out on one of my favorite bites from the cast of We're Here. So let's listen in to them. We are your siblings. We are your children. We are your parents. We are your teachers. We are your um, elected officials. We are um, your bus drivers. We're the crossing guard driver. Like, we're we are all these things. So, and it's, and, it, and it's not just to tell the, like the, the, the straight folks, it's also to signal to the other people who are feeling alone, feeling like I'm just by myself. I'm by myself out here. And it's like, no baby, we're here. We're here. The People Magazine Pride issue is here. Jason, thank you so much. Wasn't that great? Oh my gosh, we're here indeed. Thank you so much, Janine. And that, by the way, was was um, Bob the Drag Queen, who's one of the three stars of We're Here. And th- that's that's some that's some powerful sentiments. We are here. Next up, Lance Bass on marriage, money, and more. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Lance Bass, everybody. No, not the fake one who was on Netflix's The Circle not too long ago. (laughs) The real Lance Bass is who I had the pleasure of catching up with recently. The beloved former member of NSYNC recently announced to People that he is expecting twins via surrogate with husband Michael Turchin. But we caught up right before they got that happy news. He has a new gig as an expert on The Unicorn Hunters, a reality competition series about money and investing. So take a listen to us talk about that, his NSYNC and his plans for fatherhood. 
Hi, Lance. So excited to have you on. There's so much to discuss, but uh, let's talk money first. So your new show, The Unicorn Hunters, is spotlighting emerging growth companies. So these are companies that are vying to go to the next level and hit the $1 billion valuation mark, right? Oh, yes. This is where it counts for a real <laughs> business. You know, yeah, like with Shark Tank or, you know, Dragon's Den, you get all these new startups, which is really fun to watch and and bet on if they if they're going to do well or not. Well, in this case, we know these businesses are doing well. You know, they're well on their way to making a, a billion dollar a year business. And that's where we want to really help these businesses get to that mark uh, by democratizing the investment from around the world, uh, which has really never been done before. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell me about your role as an expert. How does that play out? Well, uh, you know, I'm one of the newer investors on the panel. Uh, you know, I've been investing for the last 10 years and um, it's been quite the journey and a lot of education. But until I sat down with these industry titans <laughs> at this unicorn mm-hmm. table, I mean, I it was a masterclass, a masterclass uh, of business that I was getting while filming all of these uh, shows. And I get to be the one on the panel that asks the dumb questions, although there are not dumb, any dumb questions, but I get, <laughs> I get to be the one to ask all the dumb questions. I'm the worst. I'm the worst investor. It's like as soon as I make $5, I'm like, take the money out, take the money right? out. <laughs> <laughs> And and I'm I'm wondering about your journey in this field. Like you, you've talked in the past about how hard it was in the beginning to kind of stay on top of your money and finances back in the NSYNC boy band days, and and especially with groups getting taken advantage of financially. Yeah. So how did you write that ship and get your portfolio to where you wanted yeah. it to be? Well, yeah, I mean, I I definitely went through a, a hard lesson at a young age of getting taken advantage of by our business manager, um, and then I was taken advantage of the next business manager. So I've always had a lot of people just taking advantage of. Mm. Uh, of me every step of the way. And it wasn't until, you know, we had our whole Lou Perlman lawsuit that I I started looking at this business differently, uh, you know, as a business. Mm. You know, I was a teenager. Yeah. I, was, I was 16 when I started with NSYNC. And, you know, you're not thinking business when you're starting at 16. You're thinking, <laughs> I'm no. going to have fun. I'm going to make music and tour the world and blah, blah, blah. But then once you start getting hit with uh, some serious things, you know, like financially, um, it really changes you. It, uh, you know, if you want to be in this business, you have to treat it like a business. And I immediately turned my thought process over to watching, you know, what we spent, who is taking what, making sure everything is fair. Um, and that's one thing that I can always kind of take with me now from that experience is any deal I do, uh, any business that I create. I just want to make sure that everyone gets a fair deal. So what was the very first company you invested in and and why? Oh my gosh, my very first, well, one that got away, of course, was Uber. I remember getting pitched that, you know, a couple oh. of years. I'm like, it!" <laughs> and even then I knew that it would just really revolutionize, you know, that industry. But at that time, um, I was very careful of what I put major money into because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Um mm-hmm. But uh, I started, uh, you know, I joined this investment group called RX3. You know, Aaron Rodgers started it. So it's a bunch of athletes and me, <laughs> which is very strange. <laughs> you know, uh, one of my first investments was Hydro, the, the rowing machine. Mm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. which is like incredible. Um, it, I, I was an early investor in Cameo. Just I once I heard about that and was pitched that, I was immediately in because that's a company that I can actually be a part of and help create and, you know, and make bigger and bigger. So that's been a really fun 
venture for sure is, is working with a cameo guy. Cache is still there. I uh, love that. Uh, so, so, so how are things going in real non-virtual life? Uh, you shared, uh, I guess last year was some emotional news about you and husband, Michael Turchin, um, you know, hoping to have a child via surrogate, but getting that heartbreaking news that she suffered a miscarriage. So, so how are you guys holding up and, and, and just doing as we're still raging on this, this weird time that we're in right now? I know. Uh, no, we're still Still, you know, or you're still going forward. We, you know, hope to have some good news in the next few months. Uh, you know, COVID definitely slowed us down even more. Um, yeah. You know, we were hoping <laughs> to have some good news before now, but uh, but things are looking great. We're set up, uh, and I think you know, I, I have a feeling this time is going to be successful. Do you have like like just things planned out in terms of parenting style? Like I always wonder about that. Like, have you guys talked about good cop, bad cop, any of that? <laughs> we have. Um, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that we both kind of have uh, the good cop, bad cop in us. So I think it okay. just depends on the uh, the subject of who's going to you know take that role or not. But uh, you know, we have been ordering lots of books you know, what to expect when expecting type things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it is, it's fascinating. And whew, it's, you know, we know nothing um, about being parents. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of education to learn. Nice. And I'm wondering, do you, do you, have you been able to find like just uh, tools out there for you guys as, as men, as, you know, as fathers mm-hmm. um, for the child? Because I think about a lot of that stuff and it is targeted towards women a lot, but I'm, I'm hoping that there's just an expansive reach of, of some of the, the stuff that's out there on, on parenting and, and, and yeah. all of it. I mean, uh, same sex parenting is, you know, is newer. I mean, it's, it's not new, but to the majority of people, it is a newer thing. So, uh, things are getting a little better with uh, the advice and places to go to really ask those questions that are very unique yeah. to our family situation. Um, and you know, I hope people, you know, expand on that. You know, one thing I'm a, you know, obviously a very creative person, and as an entrepreneur, I'm already thinking of ways to kind of rectify that. You know, <laughs> and and, uh, and making sure that there are some great help, you know, self help books out there, and and just some great resources. You know, we need that. Got it. Got it. And uh, I have to say, you famously came out on the cover of People, you know, way back when. So <laughs> so we followed your journey for mm-hmm. a while. And and you had some, some words of wisdom for a Bachelor star, Colton Underwood, um, who came out this year, telling mm-hmm. him, you know, not to be you know, surprised that there will be backlash. So did his story remind you at all of, of, of yours? Mm-hmm. In a way, it did, you know, uh, and I understand the backlash, uh, especially, you know, in, in this day and age, uh, I think a lot of people are like, great, you know, another, you know, white privileged, you know, gay person coming out that we have to follow the story of. I, I understand that people want to see a little more diversity in these coming out stories, but we also have to accept his story, too, and, and understand that, you know, everyone is interested in his life. He's, he was on a a show that was 99% yeah. you know, women, you know, that watched it. Um, so that really reminded me of my situation because of course, within sync, 90% of our fans were women. Yeah. Um, and we felt that raising my hand really here, had, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we felt like we had to, you know, hide this part of ourselves. Um, especially me back, you know, that was my gosh, so many years ago now it was a different time, Yeah, but it's, uh, no, it's it was it's scary. You think that people are going to hate you. You're taught, and I think he comes from the kind of same atmosphere as I came from in, in Mississippi, where being gay was just not acceptable. 
That was Lance Bass. For more on him and his new show, The Unicorn Hunters, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. Last night's season premiere of America's Got Talent is a must-watch thanks to 10-year-old Peter Rosalita. He stepped on stage to sing for judges Simon Cowell, Sofia Vergara, Howie Mandel, and Heidi Klum, but he did more than sing. He brought the house down. Listen. That's Peter belting out high notes from Celine Dion's All By Myself. Of course, he got yeses across the board and advanced to the next stage of the competition. And if you want to smile more, go watch the whole thing because he just killed it. (laughs) Talk to you guys tomorrow. 